Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. We are back, folks. Episode number 69 since the relaunch. Episode 101 overall. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two great co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing this fine Saturday morning? I'm doing good. Sports are happening today and I'm happy to talk about them. Sports are a half and some big games over in the EPL today as well as some massive hockey games tonight. Irfan, man, how are you doing today? Good. Um, disappointed that my headphones weren't working when we started, but you know, um, other than that, it's Saturday it means GDS time, so I'm pretty happy about that. I really wish we were recording that. We're trying, just watching him try to figure out the headphones, Kyle. That was hilarious. Did you not hit, hit record? I hadn't was... hit record yet because oh. we weren't ready yet. Like, <laughs> oh, you should. Next week will happen again, guaranteed. Yeah, probably. <laughs> We've never, you've never had that many issues though. Like normally, it's like, oh, okay, I got to turn them on and then they're fine. Yeah, no, this time they're not turning on or connecting to Bluetooth, so we don't know what's going on. You turned them on four times this morning, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about, boys. We got some NHL conversation, new fantasy segment that we will unveil. Don't forget about tire fires at the end, but let's start with the kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can follow them at canadakickingacademy.com or on Instagram at canadakickingacademy tripped on my words there but it's fine this week kicking the kickoff segment is easy to figure out boys it's the super bowl next weekend yeah. and i'm gonna i'm sure we're gonna talk about more news that comes out in the next seven days next saturday but we gotta get to how we got there first let's look back at the afc and nfc championships and i don't think any any form of the four teams in the Super Bowl, I don't think anyone would have necessarily been surprised. All four teams have been playing very, very well going into the championships. But what we got, we got a KC and Tampa final. Let's look at the AFC first. And Kyle, I know you were probably watching this game with your family because, you know, your dad, Bills fan, go figure. Yep. That game was a big momentum game right off the bat. The Bills got the early field goal. The punt muff by McCole Hardman and got a quick touchdown. They were up nine nothing in the first three minutes. Something yeah, along those lines. Like it was like their first two drives. They got that and then the punt. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen was antsy in the pocket. He was throwing the balls a little high. He couldn't hit a receiver on the next two drives. And Casey went down the field and scored two touchdowns. And all of a sudden it's 14-9. And the momentum is all on the Chiefs' side, right? 
Yeah, like to be honest, the Bills just didn't show up in that game. They they honestly they were fine uh, for the first two drives of each. Well, three no, seats. but to, to be honest, they got lucky with the muff punt because it wasn't even a muff punt based on a hit. It was a muff punt on based on he just dropped the ball. Yeah, for sure. No, I get that. But even then, like they looked okay on their first two drives. It was after that Allen could not throw a pass, and the defense just allowed everything that the Chiefs wanted to do to happen. Well, realistically, Kansas City's defense showed up, and and they they did something different where they they basically played double coverage on digs and allow said, Hey, somebody else beat us had under underlying coverage on Beasley over the, the slot. Who got so, it was, so it was up to John Brown and, um, and Davis to do something and just couldn't do anything. And especially when you have no running game, it's kind of hard to do something like that. So uh, hats off to the chiefs. They played a great defensive game and obviously the bills defense, which I thought was going to be able to make a play and keep them in that game. Just, never showed up they were getting eaten alive by that chief's offense pretty much and again as i said i was saying though like Allen, in the first two quarters after the first two drives he just looked antsy like he had too much going on on under the ball he was throwing everything a little bit high out of reach or behind his receiver now thankfully he wasn't getting like picked off or anything so it wasn't like dangerous throws Mm -hmm. but he wasn't hitting his targets at airfront no, I mean, when I first saw the score nine nothing, I was like, okay, this is a change for the Bills and the Chiefs, I guess, because the Chiefs don't go down, and when they go down, um, they've had a hard time scrapping back, but then they scrap back, right? So, um, hold on, hold on. What? All four playoff games they played last year, they were down by ten points. Were they? Sorry, except that. for the except for the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl, they absolutely killed it. But I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. If we go back to last year, I meant just like <laughs> this season. I was just like, well, you know, you're down by a big margin against a good Bills team that can play defense and they have a good quarterback but it didn't really last and then when the second quarter started you saw the change in the score you saw the Chiefs getting hot and then what did the Bills get in the second quarter a field goal what did they get in this third quarter a field goal and you're like well that's not going to work when you're trying to get to the Super Bowl and you've just won your first playoff game is in how many years so um, a little 25, disappointed 25 years <laughs> yeah see I didn't say the number but as long as we've been alive, basically all of us um, was what it was. But yeah, I was a little disappointed to see that they had a nice lead. They just couldn't keep it. They couldn't do much with it. So if you're a Bills fan, I'm, I'm with you there. A little disappointed. But I mean, we all this, you know, I called it that. And I think Nick, you said it too, that the, the Chiefs are probably the best team in the league. And they proved it to us where they came back and won. And I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. And they didn't even have Mahomes in the last quarter, right? Was this the game that he didn't play? Was it or was the last game? I no, always no, mess it up. Before that was the game before. Yeah, but like the fact that you didn't even know if Mahomes was 100 percent and they still won. So he probably wasn't 100. percent Let's let's be very clear. Like he might not have been 100, percent but he was more than enough to handle what the Bills were throwing at him. Exactly, and I mean, if you're the Bills, there should have been more pressure on him. Like force him to make mistakes and it just didn't happen. And I'm and I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you're disappointed. 100. percent And I think you look at that game and the chiefs really did show up and Kyle, you, you nailed it on the head that the bills defense didn't show up. We can also say outside of Diggs, who was double covered, the offense didn't show up really either. No. And it, it makes it a hard game when you're going up against the, the reigning super bowl champs in your first championship game in, I don't think it was 25 years but it's been longer than 25 years because I don't mm-hmm. think that was the last time they were in the championship game. But regardless, that's a lot of pressure for a very young core. Like, let's let's be honest. The core of the Buffalo Bills skill players outside of Beasley are pretty young. Mm-hmm. And he, on both sides of the ball, 
I think we needed to expect that, but none of us really expected it to be that bad. Like they were, they were going in and I'm going to use a betting house reference. Justin was saying that the chiefs were here and the bills were here. Mm -hmm. Everyone else thought it was a little bit closer. Like they were a half step behind or a step behind Mm -hmm. the Chiefs showed that it's like five steps right now. Like it's, it's not even close to the rest of the AFC. Yeah, and to be honest, right now, I, I could honestly see the Bills, unless they improve on their team, I can see them getting passed by another team in the AFC this year. Like, it's as simple as that. I think, you know, it, it all comes down to can you play in the playoffs and, and Josh Allen prove that he can give he can get by in the playoffs, but he can't take over a game in the playoffs. So the first two games, they kind of squeaked by and, you know, on, their, on their wins. Didn't Their offense didn't play great, but their defense played outstanding, which is really the reason why they won those games. Yeah, 100%. And when it comes to facing Patty Mahomes, your offense and defense both have to be clicking on both cylinder uh, on all cylinders, and it mm-hmm. just didn't work out that way. So, uh, mm-hmm. Bills need an overhaul of that offense. I think they need to add a secondary weapon with Diggs, so that other than Beasley. Well, even even Beasley though, Beasley's a slot guy. You can't consider him a number two. No, Beasley, that's what I'm saying. Like he's their number two right now. You need yeah. someone other than Beasley to be yeah. the number two. Yeah, like right right now, you consider John Brown the number two based on how things work. And I don't see him being a number two just because he doesn't give off like, Hey, I might actually need to be double covered on some plays. He doesn't give that vibe off when it, when it comes to play. The only other player who can do anything, who really has shown consistency on the bills is Knox, but he's not a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle type of tight end. Like he's, he's the next tier probably of pretty good, but not dominant. I would put him in like third tier of tight ends, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. I think he's one of those. I think he's one of those guys where he catches a ball if it gets thrown to him, but half the time he drops the ball when it gets thrown to him, anyways. Mm-hmm. And realistically, I think he's one of those young players who has potential to be better. Yeah. But well, yeah, he's what second year? Uh, third, I think. Thir- second or third um, year. But even then, like his stats are padded when it comes to the red zone when he just gets thrown like a five yard out and just walks in the end zone. Like that's. Yeah. Those are his stats are padded for that. But if you look at it, he's been targeted like six, seven times during a game and he has two, three catches. So it's like, maybe that's partly on Allen, but Allen was a lot better with completion this year. So that's probably on either Knox dropping the ball or not catching it, whatever it may be. So to me, I think the, I think like until Hunter Henry got re-signed, I thought that would have been a perfect fit. Oh yeah. You, you add that tight end aspect to your offense and just makes your makes digs life easier because as soon as they start covering digs deep you just chunk yards like what the chiefs do with kelsey just six seven six seven and just keep going down the field eventually he has like 12 catches or whatever else he ends up 12 catches for 100 yards and just like how did that happen but they're all like six yard play seven yard play and then as soon as you stop as soon as you start covering the in like the underneath routes all of a sudden digs now has a one-on-one on the outside so it's just like you got to add another piece or another yeah. two pieces to make that offense really quick. I, I think they need a true running back too. That's just a whole different. Scenario. Well, of course. I mean, they, they need, every team needs a true running back to have a truly successful offense, except apparently Seattle, but even they struggle sometimes when they don't get any running game. Like it, well, it just opens up so much. Seattle has an offensive line. That's a whole different story. Well, yeah, that's that, that as well, but <laughs> We're not talking Seattle anyway. I was just using them as an example. Um, Let's flip over to the NFC. And in a game that I was really hoping would go the other way, the Packers 
were, I would say, dominated for most of this game. Like the the Buccaneers came to play, and Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does and got to yet another Super Bowl. Eighteen percent of all Super Bowls Tom Brady has been a part of. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's that's ridiculous. It is his tenth Super Bowl. The man just wins. Is there anything else you could say about Tom Brady other than the man just wins? Well, he finds a way to win, right? I mean, we thought without the Pats, it might be different. There's no Belichick, but hey, he's there. Um, One comment that really shocked me with this one or surprised me was Bruce Arians like, well, we don't do what the Patriots did. We let Tom make the decisions. I was like, didn't you say like eight weeks ago that um, I make all the decisions and Tom plays part of my team sort of thing? Like, wasn't that something that Bruce Arians said? Like it wasn't, I don't know. He just, it just seemed like a, a comment that he made that were like, you're just saying that because you won the game. I think if you lost the game, um, you would have blamed Tom that you guys lost or found a way to blame Tom. So um, I still think Bruce Arians probably isn't the coach for Tampa Bay, but um, I, I don't think so. I mean, if he's going to say to me that Brady's the one reason that we won, but then a couple weeks back, he was like, or a few weeks back, he was just like, um, Oh yeah, I know. Like I'm the coach. Like this is how it is. This is how I want things. Blah blah blah. But getting out coached the last few weeks, you're just like, okay. So maybe maybe Tom needs to be player coach or something, and, and do what the the English <laughs> EPL does, and just have like a Wayne Rooney sort of player who plays but also coaches. So no, you um, know what? They make him a player OC. Yeah, something like that. Because I mean, <laughs> if if that's how you're winning games, then you know what? What's the point of having a head coach who can't call the shots? But uh, I think I think same thing Nick said. I think I was also surprised to see the Packers not win the game, considering they were, you know, a better offensive team, team and more consistent team throughout the year, um, and played well last game as well. Um, just disappointing for that as well. I'm saying disappointing a lot because I think a lot of fan bases are a little pissed. But you know, well, pretty much everyone who doesn't like Tom Brady uh, was cheering for the Packers, and that's a lot of people. <laughs> It's like eighty percent of the U.S. or eighty percent of football fans, even former even Patriots fans who were Tom Brady stands for the longest time have turned on him. You know, like Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt well, to, seriously to, turned on him. To be honest, Brady was terrible for us last year. Absolutely, like 100%. but did I see him winning this game? Hundred percent, I saw it, and it just, it just came down to. I I just thought you can't doubt Brady going into a championship game it's it's one of those like no matter what he steps up and honestly that defense has looked better and better every week absolutely which is saying something for sure and evans is healthy now and it's just one of those ones where godwin the bucks just have too much right now for defenses to actually defend and you want to you know, you want to add a little wrinkle into this. Like we talk about Brady going to the Bucks and having to turn them around. Blah 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 blah. The Bucks had one of the best offenses last year. Mm-hmm. They had the leading quarterback in passing yards and touchdowns. Or sec- no, not not touchdowns because Mahomes led in touchdowns last year, didn't he? No, they they were up there in touchdowns. He was yards. up there in touchdowns. I don't know if he was first, but regardless, uh, no. no, regardless. He came into an absolutely stacked team, which then added Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, and Leonard Fournette, who has been an absolute revelation for them in the playoffs. He's looked phenomenal all three games. 
It's because they didn't use him in the regular season. That's why. No, I know. And I get I get that. But I'm just saying, like, he looks really, really good. No, he looks sure. like this offense was made for him. He They added the running – like, he adds the running part of the game that the Bucks needed the most because they had no running game before that. Ronald Jones wasn't getting it done. He Simple was fine, that. but he wasn't good enough to get yeah. them to the next level, 100%. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He – he went from the Patriots who had very few weapons the last couple of years, honestly, like mm-hmm. they have, they're not the worst weapons in the league, but they're, they're pretty close. One, they're one of the worst. Yes. They're pretty close They're I don't think they're the worst, but they're pretty damn close to the worst as in regards to offensive weapons. He went from that team to the, probably the most plentiful team for weapons in the mm-hmm. NFL. For sure. And people were like, Oh, well, is he going to succeed? Of course he's going to succeed. He's, one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Of course he was going to succeed. I just thought the Packers were playing so well going into the playoffs. I thought the defense was better than the Buccaneers' defense all season, consistently. And I thought they were going to show up. And you know what? Aaron Rodgers didn't really show up. Well, the Packers fun. didn't really show up. Honestly, Matt LaFleur should be fired, but this won't be started story. I don't know if he should be fired, but he his seat is fucking that, hot. That call literally cost him the game. Literally. Well, no, but they were. It was a nine yard play. Here's here's my thing. What if they go for it and miss? It doesn't matter. It's the exact same losing percentage. A field goal literally does nothing for that. Team. I, I get that. I'm. I understand that they should have gone for it, but if they if they miss it, it doesn't matter anyway because the conversation doesn't change. They still lose the game. No, I know, but but if they go for it. And they, and they win, it. and they score, and then and Brady they, has two minutes no, to go score. No, but they, they tie it. That's the biggest thing. It's uh-huh. not, not, not going to go win it, right? I know that. They go and yes, they tie but, it. I know. But you also give Brady less time because you actually went for it compared to just kicking a field goal, which does nothing for your team, nor does it even give you a chance to win comparatively because you still have to stop Brady. I would rather try and stop Brady with a tie game than being down by five and having to get the ball back. Yes, but knowing Green Bay's luck, Kyle, and this is coming from a Green Bay fan, knowing Green Bay's luck, they would have gone for it, got the tie. Brady would have gone down the field, not scored, and then we would have gone to overtime and he would have got first possession and scored on us just because. Well, sure, but also, <laughs> like, as a head coach, why are you not giving your team the chance to win the game? Like, I I, I agree. The decision was ridiculous. There was no but... chance in hell that Brady was getting stopped in the last drive. There was no, no chance. Because they couldn't stop him the whole – freaking game it doesn't matter and that so it comes back to that again why are you then kicking a field goal and then relying on your defense to stop him if you haven't stopped him all game like that to me that just actually screams... i can't say they didn't stop him all game because he did throw three picks yeah well two of them were like two of them were like hail mary's i'm gonna get sacked let me just chuck this up in the air it's still two picks though yeah no 100 but and the other thing i don't understand with with um with what was going on was why was Jar Alexander staying on one side? He was not covering like Evans the entire time. That's how they've sort of played all year. So I think it was just, I think it's just, that's the comfort level for that defense. And it didn't necessarily cost them too much on the defensive well, end. I wouldn't it, say it did because as soon as Evan got, as soon as Evans got lined up on Desmond King, it was two touchdowns. Yeah. I, I guess, like, but I mean, like, like, like to, like to me, like, the, the Buccaneers took advantage of Green Bay, I guess, sticking to their guns, I guess is what you yeah, can say. Absolutely. And, 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 and the Bucs, like, literally game-planned around that, saying, hey, Jar Alexander, he's good. 
he's, we'll he's damn him. good. We're yeah. going to avoid him. We'll target him a few times, sure. But if it's if it's our choice, not we're good. Evans motion to the left side or motion to the right side. Get off of him. Go run a go run a go route and go past Desmond King for a touchdown. Like it's just first off, Desmond King also needs to be cut immediately. That's another thing. With, Kyle's all for cutting and releasing people. <laughs> if, you get, if, you, if you get beat by Scotty Miller with four seconds left on the clock in the first half. Hold on. Gone. Scotty Miller's the fastest player in the league. Don't you know that? Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But when there's four seconds left and they go for a bomb, you don't play underneath coverage. No. Like, it's just, oh. It's, honestly, as soon as that play happened, I'm like, I agree, but it's done. Yeah. Like, it's just simple as that. Yep. Yeah, I knew it too. It was very hard. It was not fun. But uh, Irfan, did you want to add anything to the NFC? No. It's just fun when <laughs> Kyle gets riled up. It was just like, yep, keep going. I think we should have a second one for Kyle when he just gets riled up or something or calls out stupid plays or players that just need to be cut. Yeah, we'll call it players to cut or something. <laughs> the cut it's line. Just, yeah, it's just like, oh, God. <laughs> He can find them in every sport too. I guarantee it. Pick pick a sport. He will yeah. find someone that like, needs to oh, be cut right shit. now. <laughs> Done. Trade them. Get rid of them. Sell them. Buy. Very much. Do one for coaches too, because there's a bunch of coaches we can get rid of. That can be arranged. That can be arranged. The very very hot seat by Kyle Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl, and I know we're going to talk about it a lot more next week. But let's get early picks right now. Tampa Bay, KC. And why Irfan will start with you. KC, because they're the only team in my bracket that's still alive and I picked correctly. So I'm going to keep going with that. All right. <laughs> no football reasoning behind that. Just because There's no football reasoning. I mean, alive. it's Tom Brady in the finals. Like, obviously, I'm going to be rooting for Tom because I like Tom. But um, you, you can't discount this very good KC team. I think they have a good head coach. They have a good offensive line. They have a good offensive team. They have a good defensive team. They're, they've arguably been the best football team the last three years. Um, uh, I mean, making like home advantage in the AFC has been theirs, right? Like, I mean, arguably the best years. team. Yeah, so arguably the best team. So there's my football take. I think they've been the best team, and I think they'll continue. And Mahomes is lights out. So fair enough, Kyle. Um, I have to go with the Bucks to be honest. Uh, I just I'm interested to see how that defense plays against Kelsey because I don't I don't think Kelsey has played a linebacking core like Tampa Bay's. When you have a combination of Vontae David and Devin White, I, I I'm interested to see how they cover him. Is it blanket coverage? Is it straight up man on man? I, I like I like the Bucks odds on this one. I, I also think that 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 offense, it's going to be a head to head for offense, and I think um, if Brady can be protected, I think he he has the upper edge with his weapons. So um, I'm going to go with the Bucks on this one. Interesting, and I think these are probably the two most lucky quarterbacks in the league with how many weapons they each have. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, if if we just said Tampa has is plentiful. Casey is right up there. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. You can uh, you can name five players that are dangerous on that Casey team outside of Pat Mahomes, which is incredible. I, th- I think the biggest thing is is Brady's had Brady's played Mahomes multiple times in AFC Championships or a, a divisional series or whatever it may be. So I think he knows, and he's going to obviously pass that information on to the defense where it's hey, we have to shut down one of Kelsey or Hill. Right? The Bills didn't shut down either of them. 
both of them went off. <laughs> you know, right? So the the, the, the the biggest way to kill Kansas City is you have to shut down one of them. You have to either double coverage Tyree Hill the entire time, take him out of the game, make Travis Kelsey beat you on those underneath routes. Yeah. Or you take away those underneath routes and you hope that your corners and, and your safeties don't can keep up, massive up can, can keep up Tyree Kill and not give up a 50-yard play or a 60-yard play. McCole Hardman, I'm not really worried about him burning you like that's no he but he's still you, he's still a weapon though. yeah but if he burns you he burns you he's gonna have one-on-one coverage either way that's just simple as that you just yeah. can't you can't double him so to me it's it's it comes down to and you know tampa's corners have looked good sometimes we'll see but um i it'll be interesting to see who they take out of the game so i'm gonna go with kc for this one, it's it is going to be a close game. I think it could be like a 35-32 scoreline sort of thing. Both offenses just going off, mm-hmm. with the defenses having no real say in the game. So it, I think it'll be very very entertaining. But I just I feel like KC is going to do the back to back and start the truly start a new dynasty in the shadow of the legend that is the old dynasty in Tom Brady. Yeah. I also saw a very interesting comment, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. Uh, Tony Romo's comment about this game in regards to Patty Mahomes and Tom Brady's legacy, that this is the single biggest game in Patty Mahomes' career for the rest of his career, because if he wins this, he takes the mantle from – he has a chance of becoming the greatest of all time. If he loses this game, he will never have a chance of becoming the greatest of all time because Tom Brady will always hold that over him. What are you? I want to get your opinion on this. Tom Brady at forty-three, I guess. Yeah, he's already passed the mental in a way to Patrick Mahomes. Right? No, no, he he might be the greatest quarterback right now, Patty Mahomes, like in currently in the league. But they're ta- he was talking about the greatest of all time. If well, Patrick Mahomes doesn't win this game, he never will have a chance to be the greatest of all time. But if he does I, win this game he can still possibly get it. I don't think that's true. I mean, if he creates a dynasty with KC um, and ends up winning six to seven Super Bowls, let's say, then he's matched or gone close to Brady anyway. So, like, he would be in the conversation then. I don't think winning but, or losing... But I think Tony Romo was saying that if he doesn't beat Brady to yeah. get this second one, regardless of how many he wins, Brady will always have that over him and he will still be the greatest of all because time. Because he's regardless. beaten Mahomes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean... On, on it, uh, I agree 100%. Hmm. No, that's what I want. I, I want to know why. Like, I want to I want to get your opinion and why. Honestly, I, I think it comes down to... So, Brady's already have six, right? Brady's yep. got six. If he gets seven, he one passes... I'm pretty sure the Steelers for all-time Super Bowls, if he... Yeah. I think Steelers are tied at six right now. Um, so he cements that aspect of it. Still shows he can win even at his age. So he becomes seven at that. Basically would have an upper edge on, if you're talking about head-to-head, he would have the upper edge because he's he has beaten him in the AFC Championship. He has lost to him in the AFC Championship. But he also has now beat him in a Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. to, me, to me, it comes down to, right, Brady is, is – is the greatest of all time right now. Is there a chance Mahomes potentially gets towards his area? 100%. Right? It's a whole different league compared to what Brady was in before. Right? So you're talking, if you're talking about stats, you're talking about you know that kind of stuff, there's a good chance that Mahomes passes everybody based on completions or passing yards, touchdowns, whatever it may be, because it's just a whole different league comparatively. Exactly. Right? 
if Brady and Breeze and, and Manning and that kind of stuff were in today's game, their stats would be padded too. It's their numbers simple. would be ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's simple as that, right? Is you know, Brady in his prime, Manning in his prime, Breeze in his prime, I, I think would be probably right on par, if not better, than Mahomes right now. It's just simple as that. And, and and I'm not trying to take anything away from Mahomes. He he's honestly he's amazing to watch and that kind of stuff. But if Brady does win this, I think it does put a not necessarily a dent, but a damper on his overall legacy of potentially greatest of all time. If not, I, I just thought it was an interesting comment. And yeah. I, I think I agree with you, Kyle, that even if Mahomes goes on to win six more after this year, if he loses this one, Brady is still ahead of him. Yeah. Even if he puts up more yards, even if he puts up more touchdowns, Brady will still be ahead of him. Well, Mahomes will have two. He has four more to go. No, I'm saying if he loses this one and then oh, goes yeah. on to win six more to tie Brady for the number of rings, yeah. Brady is still ahead of him. And I hate yeah. saying that because I don't, I don't want to like Tom Brady. I don't want to cheer for Tom Brady, but I think that's the honest truth. Yeah, like to be honest, it's going to come down to – it's going to come down to can Kansas City keep that offense together? Yeah. Can Kelsey, Tyreek, and Mahomes be all together? I think that's the biggest question. Right next year, they're in trouble because they're like twenty million dollars over the cap space. So somebody's gotta somebody got to go. <laughs> so um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who is like who goes. Does do they tap, do they tear down a part of their defense and make it weaker again because they don't have the cap space? I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think that that's that's where we'll uh, go from then on. Um, I guess that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. You can follow them at canadakickingacademy.com or on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. We will be back to talk a little NHL and add in a little fantasy aspect, which we've never really done before. So that'll be interesting right here on Garage Door Sports after the break. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcast from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. We are back, and as Kyle's hat shows us, it's time to talk a little NHL. <laughs> Gotta love when that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're gonna we are going to introduce a brand new segment. Thankfully, one of our good friends, Jordan McDonald, a fantasy expert, has decided to help us out. So here is Jordan with his who he's fantasizing about. Hello, listeners and viewers of Garage Door Sports. I'm Jordan McDonald. I'm the network's fantasy analyst. I'm here to give you a few players that may be available on your league's waiver wires if you need the help. First up, we have Nick Ritchie, left winger for the Boston Bruins. Now, unfortunately, he may be taking a backseat now that David Pasternak is slated to come back this weekend. But according to Daily Faceoff, he is still slated to be on the PP1. So, I mean, those power play points and playing with Pasta, Marshawn, and Bergeron can't really hurt, right? For this season, he has six points, five of them being power play points. So, I mean, why get rid of that production if he's playing well on the power play? 
The hits for him seem to be down this season, but I expect them to rise considering he has averaged 2.7 hits over his career per game. He's currently averaging just over one hit per game. Hopefully that increases, but I mean, you'll take the points if you can get them. He should still be available. He's only 11% owned in Yahoo. So if he's there, you need power play production, it's a guy you should go after. Next up, we have Justin Schultz, a defenseman for the Washington Capitals. He has scored all six of his points over the last three games, three of those points being from the power play, and he's a plus nine on the season. He did take a puck to the face against the Rangers in his last game, and his status is currently day-to-day, -day, so I would monitor that. But if you are struggling to get points from your D-man, that's a guy that I might go after. Speaking of Washington Capitals, Vitek Vanacek, say that three times fast. Vanacek has become the de facto number one goaltender with Elias Samsonov away from the team for violating health and safety protocols. And he's been playing pretty well. Over his last four games, he has three wins and has a 921 save percentage. Since then, Samsonov has contracted COVID when he, while being away from the team. So Vanacek may have a chance to continue to be the starting goaltender while Samsonov is away. And when Samsonov does return, there's a good chance that Vanacek may take some starts away from Samsonov, who was slated to be the Capitals' number one goaltender this season. If you haven't picked up Vanacek yet, I would hurry because his ownership is steadily rising. Also, his next two games aren't ideal. They're both against the Bruins. But if you're somebody who has Robin Lehner or somebody from San Jose and you've been relying on those guys and their games have been postponed, maybe Vanacek may be a guy to slot in and get some goaltending starts. I'm Drew Dahl, and those have been the guys I've been fantasizing about. Now back to the show. All right, boys. So there's Jordan's three players that he's been he thinks you need to pick up in fantasy hockey. Let's 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 talk about it a little bit. The three players again are Nick Ritchie, Justin Schultz, and Vitek Vanasek. It's funny because I picked up Vanasek in the first week of fantasy hockey in one of my leagues because one of my goalies was on the IR. I did not expect him to play as much as he has. He's already played six games out of the Caps, what, eight? Yep. And he has four wins and two overtime or shootout losses because the Caps still haven't lost in regulation, and we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. He's a huge player right now, and he's played phenomenal for that Caps team who look very good. I recommend picking him up personally, so I'm glad Jordan threw his name out there. What do you guys think of the three players? Kyle, we'll start with you, I guess. Um. Yeah, like like Richie, I think it is is going to be an interesting pickup, um, especially with Pasternak coming back. Where does he fit? I think is the real question for Boston. Um, I still think he is going to give him secondary scoring, and obviously, if you do have hits and hits and blocks in, in your league and pims, pims too, um, he's a, he's a good pickup for sure. Um, Justin Schultz, I said in the offseason he was one of the most overpaid defensemen, right, based on him signing, but. He, he's done well on that power play he's shown you with, up. with Washington. Ah, not really, but um, he, he's, he's done well on that Washington secondary unit. Um, and definitely, if you need some power play points, it is a good good pickup. And, and Vanacek's been the surprise. TJ has raved about him for years, about him being the goalie of the future. And to be honest, he's looking more like a goalie of the future than, than Samsonov is right now. So I'm interested to see how when Samsonov comes back um, – how they split time, but I think I think honestly right now Vanacek's the starter, and I think it's it's definitely worth a pickup for sure. Yeah, and the other little wrinkle that you have to add in is that Samsonov was out for COVID protocols because of the whole Russian is incident with the mm -hmm. Caps. He then got COVID. Yeah. So he could be out longer than the other three. Not to That's mention, fine. we don't know how he's going to come back. Like how it how the actual illness is going to affect him. 
So he could be out significant time trying just to get back to a position, like a health position that he can actually play. So Vanasek has a chance to really grab hold of this crease and run with it. Aerophone? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you both got it right. He... He's played really well. And I mean, when you have a defensive unit that, excuse me, understands that it's a younger goalie, it's a first time rookie goalie, you see defenses actually, you know, push guys outside, not give away too many high scoring opportunities. I don't know if that's going to continue for the rest of the season. Pardon? Unless it's Ottawa. Unless it's Ottawa, then they leave Matt Murray hanging. But um, (laughs) in in reality, I mean, eventually they'll end up giving up high scoring chances. So that's when we got to keep an eye out for can he make those big saves? But you know what? So far, so good. Six games, you know, 4 and 2 like you mentioned. It's really good for Washington. And I think the good thing about the Caps is every so often, they find a gem in goaltending. We can talk about Braden Holpe for what he did in the playoffs when he started. Uh, Elias Samsonov's been really good. Um, Simeon Varlamov a few years back, right? Like, they found ways to have... Grubauer as well. Grubauer, yeah, exactly. They found ways to, to invest in goaltending without like quietly and like behind the scenes and, and, and these guys are good. So, I mean, yeah, if he ends up being coming the number one, I wouldn't be surprised. And then having a one B one, a one B would be good. But I mean, at the same time with Samsonov, we don't know how he's going to come back, how his breathing's going to be, if he can get back to that level. And I mean, if he comes back, I, I think you got to go with the kid until, until he loses like three in a row or something. And then you go, okay, we're going to give our, our, our second goaltender an opportunity. So we'll see that, but great on him for there. Um, Schultz has always been a good offensive defenseman, I think, um, and playing on a power play that has, you know, a Backstrom or an OV or... Hold on, let's uh, just, let's be honest. It's playing on a power play with OV. Well, <laughs> right, like he, he has the weapons to be like, I don't have to be the one to, to pull the trigger because you already have like two guys that can score, right? So, I mean, yeah, his numbers are going to be inflated when he's on the power play, but the biggest thing is if you're a fantasy uh, person, then you gotta you got to look at, him on five on five can he play defense can he play can he spread the puck out can he do something with the puck aside from being on the power play and then you know you guys he's a plus nine so that definitely helps so yeah there you go right i mean and i think if you're a coaching staff of washington you got to put him on on opportunities where you're you're in the offensive zone and i think that's what they've done is they've given him what he needs to do to excel as an offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he'll need to improve. But I mean, when when you have Brendan Dillon, for example, or even Z, when he's played with them, he's covering them defensively, so it's fine. And then we mentioned Nick Ritchie, who another guy. Um, I was kind of surprised he made the list, but I mean, when you're playing first line power play minutes, um, you're bound to get a goal. And you have a guy like Bergeron or Machon or Krejci or uh, Matt Krizlik before he picked up an injury giving you the puck, I think you're going to score, but um, I don't think this is going to last for him, especially seeing him personally for the last few years. Um, even when he was with the Ducks, I don't think it's going to last. So if you're a fantasy owner, um, keep him on when he plays, but the minute his minuses start being minus one, minus two consistently, I think you drop him then. Yeah, well, he's he's minus two on the year as a, as a whole, Nick Ritchie, with, but he has six points in seven games and three power play uh, goals. Which it's it's, a, it's what they crazy. wanted from him when they brought him in last year, right? But I mean, when you're playing on a third line, that with with Charlie Coyle and no knock on Charlie Coyle, but even when he even when Richie played with Krejci, he wasn't good. No, uh, wasn't able to get in. And I mean, it's going to be hot now, and that's what what they want from him. But it's not going to it's not going to stay. So Nick Richie's a pick up now and hope for the best sort of 
He's like early on David Backus when Backus was with the Bruins. It was just like he started off hot, played really well, um, and then it kind of just struggled because he kept dropping down the picking order. So it's going to be another thing with Richie. So keep an eye out for that. If it continues and he's on the power play, um, sure. But when Pasternak is fully healthy, I don't think it's going to stay. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And in regard to Schultz, I laugh because on uh, 20 Minutes on Ice earlier this year, we did a Who Am I, where I picked Justin Schultz as the Who Am I guy, and Ryan could not name him. (laughs) I'm like, two-time cup champion was the clue. I mean, you can say a lot of players. I I, I would have probably said a million other players. I know, but it's, it's it's basically 20 questions. So he narrowed it down to a defenseman on Washington in nine questions, and he could not name Justin Schultz. But I, I think Justin Schultz is like the perfect player to be playing in that Washington system, as you guys mentioned. And he's putting up good numbers. Like, there's no doubt about it. Plus nine is nothing to scoff at. He's been six points in eight games for them with four assists. And he's getting power play time. So if you're looking for power play points from a defenseman, he's a perfect pickup. 100%. Let's get into the actual league now and move away from fantasy. If you want more fantasy, we will have it next week. And, yes, we are working on the name for Jordan's segment, people. Don't worry. (laughs) It's not always going to be that. But it was pretty funny that that worked out well. Let's get into the league itself. And I want to talk about who the best teams are so far. And there's four teams who still have not lost a game in regulation. That would be the Caps, as we already mentioned, the Dallas Stars, and the Florida Panthers, who started late. And the Montreal Canadiens. And I truly think that the Montreal Canadiens and the Washington Capitals have been the two most consistently good teams this season. They both have two overtime or shootout losses. The Canadiens, one of them coming against the Leafs, who are first in the division technically because they've played more games. Mm-hmm. But and if I'm points. ranking the teams in the North Division right now, like Montreal is number one for me. The Leafs are second, but Montreal is number one for me, and it's just because they've played so well, right, Irfan? Agreed. I mean, they're 5-0-2. We all said it, that they'd, they'd be on a good projection moving forward. I think they picked up really good players, namely Tyler Toffoli, Anderson. Uh, prices looked good. Having Jake Allen as your number two has been lights. Like, it's been great for Montreal to be like, well, Price is off today. We're going to go with Allen, who's a former number one and can play and pick up a win and is not afraid to make big saves. Like, it's not Peter Budai in that for you. It's Jake Allen, right? That's mm-hmm. the difference. Um, Zach Fucali. <laughs> I mean, you have a good coach, right? I, I've been raving about Coach Julian for years. He's a good coach. Um, Boston. Mark Mar- <laughs> no, but he was with Montreal before he was with Boston. I also <laughs> thought he was good then. So It's because Montreal know, only hires two coaches. <laughs> Yeah, as long they as you speak they, French. As long as you're French, they literally flip coaches. It's <laughs> Jacques Martin or Claude Julien. It's literally two, literally two coaches. Like, um, when one doesn't work, you go the other. Yeah, Let's try it out again. Forth. New philosophy. Hey, maybe you'll be better this time. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I think I think Montreal's been the best team. I'm gonna say this, but I think they've been the best team in the East, and and that's because they're in the like, North, though. No, no, but I mean, like in the Eastern, Eastern Conference, like the old, old the Eastern old, Conference, the right? old Eastern Conference. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, Does I'm that, talking doesn't about that make all... them the best team in the in the league? Then 
Well, I guess so because we're messed up. I was gonna say they're the best team in the league, but then I and I and then I was like, mm, well, should, I mean, be honest, should be honest, you could make that argument right now because I, I don't out of out of the teams. There's only like, one the, other team that I would say. Like the only only other team would be you could you could argue the Leafs or Caps. Really no, I was gonna say Dallas. Dallas yeah. will dominate in all four of their games. That's what I was thinking. They as literally well, yeah. played one game. They have ten power play goals. Like that's I, I, and I understand that, and I get that the seven nothing game pads the stats, but. Outside of that, they still have looked dominant in they all have, the other three the lights games. out. They they look like they're energized oh. to win games. But no, Montreal's probably you, you got to look at who they played too. Well, they played Doesn't Nashville, who was terrible, who was undefeated when they played them. But Nashville's terrible. Or sorry, not undefeated. They were two zero and two when they played yeah. them. Nashville's terrible, and Detroit now, has Nashville's looked more competitive. Now. Detroit's looked more competitive, but they're still Detroit. Like. Listen, if they've played well since they've been back. We'll give them that, okay? But I think 100%. I think if you look at what Montreal did, they almost beat the Leafs, and I think they were a little hard done that they didn't. Um, but they've played well. They've they've skated well. They've killed penalties well. They've played a defensive game. Uh, Tyler Toffoli looks freaking amazing. So how's that, Vancouver fans? I'm sorry, what? You can keep them? What? Yeah. It's working out for the for the Habs. So. Irfan calling out Vancouver fans. I they am. Have no I'm say out, on what I, happens. <laughs> I'm calling out Vancouver in general. I mean, if you're to sign, <laughs> don't call re-sign out the fans. Eddie, what did the fans do? Not not the fans. Sorry, just Vancouver <laughs> in general is what I'm calling out. Is how do you keep? How do you lose Tyler Toffoli and not try to find a way to keep him? I I mean that just perplexes my mind because he was like the leader and the guy that really was a sandpaper that kept them them going and and it's disappointing to see that but you know what good on him for playing for a team that they look good so <laughs> the Habs are on a good projection I guess right let's also point out that Tyler Toffoli's technically playing third line right now yeah and he leads the team in points yeah it's because he went off in two games against Vancouver is the biggest thing I, I know that but he's leading the team in points from the third line and then you have one, two, three, four, five, six other players with five points at least through seven games. Yeah, That's like pretty consistent scoring yeah. up and down the line. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I said this last night on the Betting House podcast. It was, it was Montreal has always been the good defensive team. They've never had a problem with price or defense. Their biggest problem is they could never score. That was always their biggest problem. They 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 would they would lose games four two or three two because they just couldn't get goals. And now that they added Safoli, they added Josh Anderson, you know, Suzuki's, Suzuki, Suzuki's come into his own. Yeah. And, and it's that kind of stuff. Armia as well. He had five points before he got hurt. So that's seven yeah. players outside right? of. And, and, it's, and it's it's one of those, like, as soon as they add those players, all of a sudden it's, hey, we can actually win games now. We they're they're a good goals. team. Holy crap. <laughs> right? And it's like, I do think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit soon. I think that they're going to obviously lose some games that are, that are going to be hard fought games where they're going to start losing those games. Um, but right now they are one of the best teams in the NHL. And, and that's hard for me to say as a Leafs fan, but they are one of the best teams in the NHL. And um, I think the, the biggest thing, I, I don't know if anybody in the North right now is the best team in the NHL, purely based on the lack of quality competition. How about the uh, lack of defense in the North? Let's start with that. Well, like, like to me, like, like I, we are making, we are going back and forth with TJ and jokes and how, you know, the North division right now is looking better than the East division. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, at this point, I kind of retract that statement purely because the Oilers are dog shit mm. straight up. Oilers are awful. And, and I don't think it matters whether it's Koskinen and net or Mike Smith, they're dog shit. Um, 
the Flames have been atrocious. <laughs> Markstrom has looked exactly what I said, bust potential. Hold on, uh, hold, hold, hold. No, no, Markstrom's. Hold on, hold on. Markstrom is the only goal, only thing that's keeping Calgary afloat right now. Yeah, they've given fine. up the fewest goals in the entire division by far. They have no offense. I know. I, I'm still saying. I still think Markstrom's going to be a bust, and I. I, I stand but is by that, that is he being a bust if they're giving up way too many shots and he's only giving up like two point what goals a game? He's two point six three with a nine eleven save percentage. That's not elite. That they signed. I didn't say he was elite, but no, he's, getting, him a bust. He's, getting, he's getting paid elite elite money. I sorry, calling him a bust is that's a little extreme. Yeah. He's a not bust for his money, hundred percent. Not a not okay. A that's not what you said though. You said a, a bust. A, I said based on him signing last year, where he was going to be a bust. That is not what you said. Yes, it was. I literally said when he signed in the offseason, I said he was going to be he a bust. Bust potential. That is not what you said right now. That's what I was getting on you about. Okay. I wasn't making the comment back when he signed. I said, right now, you just said he had bust potential. That is not true. He is not a bust right now the way he's playing. He might be a bust for his contract. The forwards are not a bust. A bust. That's what we're talking about. Awful. Yeah. Okay, back to your point, Kyle. Keep going. The North sucks. <laughs> Defensively, the North is awful. Are you done? Okay, I think Kyle's mad at me now. Very fun. Would you like to go? Sure. I mean... <clears throat> Markstrom has been, I think, their their best player. But uh, I mean, you're paying a guy what six million dollars. You do expect his goals against average and his save percentage to be better. I'm not saying that the Flames have been any good, but I think Kyle saying that there are a, that he's a potential bust. It's not wrong, but I mean, I think if Calgary turns around, it'll be better for them. It'll be better for a lot of people if Calgary actually plays up to their potential. Well, and to be honest, Vancouver at 10 points, the only reason they're at 10 points is because they beat up on Ottawa. That's literally the only reason why they're up there. So to, to me, to me, it's it's three teams, and it's the three teams I thought there was going to be. It was going to be Jets, Canadians, Leafs, and I think that's kind of what you thought. But you look at the East right now, and I think Washington's the best team right now, and that's that's saying something with them missing four of their top players. And still well, three of their top teams. players and a goalie who they thought was going to be their number one who might not even be their number one when he comes back. Yeah, but still, even then, <laughs> it's, it's still technically their starting goalie until it's changed otherwise. So, yeah. like, it, the fact that they're, you know, haven't lost in regulation yet actually shows something. Yes, they were playing the Sabres, but the Sabres have looked good this year. Like, they've they've looked better. Yeah, they really and, have. And if you want to talk goaltending, you know, Linus Allmark is a better goaltender right now. And, and and it's it's simple as that, and he and he's kept them in those games against Washington, and it's it, it's it's amazing to see that now that he's actually getting some stats, he's starting to get some stars, he's starting to get some stuff behind him. It, it it's amazing to see yeah, maybe actually Buffalo does have a goaltender. We were saying Buffalo didn't have one before, and now maybe you know, all marks kind of cut him into his own because we God knows Carter Hutton is not the way to go. So. Um, like let's let's take into account that the Buffalo the three games that they are the four games that they played against Buffalo, three of them have been one goal games. Two of them went to overtime, and Buffalo won one of those games. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's not like they're blowing Buffalo outside of the first game where they won six three. Yeah, it's not like or six four. They're not scoring a lot of goals. It's been two one, two three two, and then four three, and Buffalo won the four three game. So. Buffalo is not the pushover that they've been the last few years. No. And, and, and to be honest, it, it, that whole division right now, especially with Boston getting Pasternak back, you know, 
Boston, Boston looked better. They, Boston was doing doing their thing. They're five one and one, right? Without Pasternak, you had you had your best player, arguably your best player. Yeah. And you know, we'll see what that we'll see what that takes. And Philly has been Philly five two and one, but they've creeped through that five two and one record. Yeah, they have. Like, they they, they haven't looked the like dominant team that we kind of. No, they be. haven't been able to keep leads. They yeah. Carter Hart hasn't looked like Carter Hart, but hey, when you can find a way to win when your goalie's not hot, then you're a good team. Can we talk about how bad the Rangers have looked though? That was a team that we thought might be a yeah. potential playoff team, and they've looked awful. Well, at least Alexis Lafreniere gets his first initial goal the other night. So good on I him. Say, for that. I was going to say, we can go back and talk about goaltending if we want for the Rangers. That's their biggest downfall right now, to be honest. Well, the whole team has not looked good. They haven't been putting on many goals. Like, it's just not It's not pretty. And well, Georgiev and Shostorkin literally look like a turnstile in a subway. Right yeah, now. absolutely. I agree. I'm not saying that their goaltending is helping. I'm just saying the whole team hasn't looked great. The goaltending is just the worst part of the team right now. And speaking of Lafreniere, the game that he got his first goal was the first game that I sat him in fantasy. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Well, I mean, I had a full team anyway, but it's just like. To be honest, you probably still can sit him on your bench. I don't think much is going to change. No, I don't. I don't either, but it's he's nice to have in there every once in a while. Um, but, yeah, that, that Rangers team has not looked good, and I, I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around at all unless they figure out the goaltending and the players up front can finally start putting the damn puck in the net. Listen, the silver lining is they have more goals than the Islanders and the Devils. We'll give them that. Well, That's yeah, one but the Islanders were never going to score goals. I know, but I'm giving them a positive. <laughs> the Islanders weren't going to score goals, though. That's the problem. Yeah. I think, I think my, like, if we're talking about the NHL as a whole, I think my biggest surprise right now is probably Minnesota or Columbus, one or the other. Um, like, Minnesota, I thought Cam Talbot was going to be the starter, but now it's this Capo Kakening. Uh, guy who who was a prospect who nobody really thought he was going to get any sort of shot and all of a sudden Staylock goes down and now he gets a shot and he's three and two with a 917 save percentage and a 239 goals against average yep right and it's one of those it's like oh okay you know minnesota was always good defensively again minnesota is like the montreal of the west or of the old yeah west. minnesota's annoying i'm aware <laughs> minnesota minnesota is great defensively but you know is a struggle they, they couldn't score goals is their biggest problem you know, Eric Singak comes out, he, he's scoring goals now and, and so on and so forth. And it's same with Columbus. Columbus needs to find goal scoring and it's a whole different line A thing. We'll see when he, he shows up and see what goes on with that. But um, honestly, Columbus has looked good defensively and, and they're not putting up points by any means. Like, uh, like you know, anybody in Columbus, you don't really want on your fantasy team because he's there. But like to me, like, I was not expecting Columbus to lead that central division. I did not expect Minnesota to be third in the West. And honestly, they could jump up to second depending on how things go. But, um, no. well, like, unless Colorado figures their stuff out, like, they've, Colorado's either blown people out or just not showed up for games. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Yep. Yeah. I'm not denying that fact at all. Like the first, I just the first... Minnesota to do what? I don't like Minnesota. Yeah. I, they, they always knock Colorado out in the playoffs. I don't like Minnesota. It's, it's a personal thing, and I know that. And I'm taking my bias out. They've looked very good this year. I just don't want them to jump into second ahead of Colorado. Yeah. Well, you have two games back to back this weekend, so we'll see what goes on with that. That'll be that will be an interesting series, and that'll be very telling for I think how the season goes is how these two teams play in the mm-hmm. in the back to back this week. 
For sure. Yeah. Irfan, what's your biggest surprise been or biggest surprises been in the league other than what we've already talked about? Um, I think you guys all nailed it on the head. I think one thing about Columbus, though, is like they've played the most games in that division uh, aside from the Hawks. So I don't think they'll stay up there. Um, yeah, defensively, they've been good, but that's also what Torts teams are. They're better defensively and they, they have a hard time scoring. So that will continue. But um, when the Stars and the Lightning and the Hurricanes and I guess even the Panthers now, if they once they, win, they play their next five games and sort of get to the nine-game uh, mark, I, I don't think Columbus is going to be there. So um, surprising that they're there, but also that division got hit with the COVID uh, because of Dallas. So uh, eventually, I think it'll... With it'll, the COVID. With so the COVID. That's the what we're calling race. it now. They got hit with the COVID. <laughs> it's my new catchphrase. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I think we, we predicted it pretty well. We're going to see some really good teams and um, a couple of teams that we mentioned, like with New York, the Rangers being the biggest surprise out of everything we've picked is sitting dead last so we'll see how it goes yeah that, that rangers one is just like that is shocking to me they should they should not be that bad with the roster that they have but they just don't look and that's goaltending okay question right. for you guys do you think because we've seen we've seen edmonton struggle with goaltending and we've seen the rangers score, uh, struggle with goaltending do you think they do a trade to switch up their goaltending just Here's our bad goalie. Give us a bad goal, and we'll, we'll see if the change in scenery improves. No, no? Not, this year. not 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 for the Rangers at least. The Rangers they have two young goaltenders, and it doesn't make any sense to do that. No. Like Shostorkin's not going anywhere. That he's been their their guy for years to come. Who's been the number one prospect? And then Gorgiev came in last year and said, "Oh, maybe he might he might pip Shostorkin." So now they're trying to figure out who actually is going to be the number one. To, to be honest, the Rangers messed up by not trading Gorgiev last year. It's, yeah. they straight up messed up. Because that was his peak value. He was never going to get more value than that. Because as soon as Tashorkin came in, he wasn't going to be playing number one minutes. Right? Yep. They have been rotating him. But to me, I would have kept I would have kept King in New York. I would have kept him as the backup. Yeah. Right? Have him back up Shostorkin, have that guy be there. Obviously, the situation now is a whole other story. Yeah, it doesn't but, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have actually played him. But like it's, it's keeping King Henrik. In the in New York, what I think would have been huge, and I think if you could capitalize on Gorgiev's potential, um, you trade him away, and I think you you get whatever prospects or picks or whatever you want back, and I think it could have been a great thing for New York because I think they would have taken a, another step up, right? You would have had Shostorkin, and if not, you have Blomqvist as your backup. It, yeah. Like, you know. Barring what happened, yeah, yeah. no, I get that. Happened, I'm, but, I'm just saying that if yeah. if Edmonton's looking to get younger in goaltending, and let's say they want that older backup, then Mike Smith can be a guy going the other way. Yeah, right? and I, and I, I get that. I get what you're saying. And like any other year, I would say maybe it's on the table as a possibility. But the fact that these players would have to sit for two weeks, the goalies would have to sit for two weeks, which means you have to call up your taxi squad goalie for two weeks. Yeah, that's why these teams won't do that this year. It's not going to happen. Uh, it'll only be a week in the U.S., though. But for it, Edmonton, it, yeah, if it's Edmonton, yeah. So that's why you look at you look at in the North Division. Is there anybody that would be available potentially? Probably not. No. Do you want Hogberg? Unless Jake Allen gets put on the no, market, which I, I don't think is going to. The only other, no, the, only other the only other person would be potentially going after Holtby, 
or Demko, depending on in Vancouver. That's true. One of those yep. two. I don't think they'll it. trade Demko. I think it would be Holtby. No, but I'm saying if if you obviously have to wow him, wow him to get Demko out of there, but it, it, you could probably you could potentially get Holtby, but it would depend on what it comes down to, right? Because yep. one, it's in now it's an inter in uh, inner division trade, so it's going to be the price is going to go up compared to what it was. Plus, all games are inter division mm-hmm. this year. Exactly, yeah. and it's it basically every every game is a four point game. Essentially, is what it comes down to. Yeah, we talked so, about it. Yep. So it's one of those, you know, where does that fit? Other than that, I don't even know where you could get another goalie. Like, I, yeah, I basically trading within your division, and, and if you're in the North Division, there's you're not going to get much trade unless you're Ottawa and Toronto, who likes to like flip around players every so often. That might be the only thing we'll see. Like, like to be honest, yeah, Ed, but they, Ed, they trade Ed, fourth liners. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Edmonton's best bet could be to go after Flurry for Vegas. When, could be. Yeah. Right? And it comes down to that is cap space. It, yep. it comes down to that. And and Flurry has looked good for the games he's played for Vegas so far. So his value is is basically High. staying where it is right now. Like it, it's not going down, it's not doing anything like that. I wouldn't say it's going up by any means because that contract just kills whatever value. It's still he up. still has high value regardless, but it's just yeah, not but, as but high that, as it that, could be. The contract kills whatever high value he had, though. That's the biggest thing. That's true. true. So, um, so it, it's interesting to see where they could go from there. But. Yeah, I think that one that will be an interesting thing to to watch out for. And you mentioned the high contract. The Oilers have zero cap space, so no, yeah. they'd have they to would have to, they would have to give up seven million in cap well realistically if, if uh, you put Koskin in the other way and it's four and a half million dollars yeah but i'm saying you still have to give up a zach cassian to go along with him yeah to be honest i think i think it'd be chris russell going the other way but... hmm. maybe yeah or or james neal depending on how it goes Offensively, I think they're fine. They need a good goaltender. Yeah, I can see that. I just pose I mean, that question. They don't have a whole lot of cap space either, so it would have to be almost even. No, it, honestly, it'd be a three-way trade. Is what it would have come down. That's to. The, so that is be, the other option. Yeah, it would be like you know, Koskinen goes back to Vegas as a backup. Uh, James Neal goes to Ottawa. Wherever Cal goes back to Calgary, let's say. Okay, yeah. well, let hold on. Whatever. No, he doesn't get to go back to Calgary. That'd be too easy. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, it'd be one of those like, and, and the biggest thing is the Oilers don't have any picks. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So, I mean, Ottawa, Ottawa could be the potential third just because they have so much cap space. Like they can eat a contract. Yeah, but you'd have yeah. to get them. You'd have to give up a first or something for them to eat something up. But Maybe or not, not first, you know, they've done business for less. Give, you'd have to give up something. But I don't. I'm just saying, like they could eat. They could eat cap on like a James Neal or something like that. Mm. Like Kyle mentioned. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another quick break. After this, we will come back with the tire fires of the week and our final thoughts here on Garage Door Sports. We are back, folks, and after the return of Tire Fires last week, we are continuing it this week, and our champion, well, 
Should we really call it champion? I feel like we need to come up with a better name for whoever wins each week because champion means it's a good thing. It's not really a good thing, but yeah. the worst of the worst from last week is was uh, Irfan's pick, Jared Porter, and the whole picture and firing fiasco that happened in New York. Uh, make sure you check out our last episode to see what Irfan said about that. But that will be going up against our tire fires this week. And Kyle, start us off, buddy. Okay. Um, Guys, get get tight because this is going to be one of the most entertaining segments of the entire show. I I absolutely I went off in our in our Snapchat group um, just <laughs> throughout the week, and it was just the NWHL and this whole barstool thing is just blowing my mind. We have been I, like I, I'm not trying to knock women's sport in, in this. In, this is the league I'm trying to knock, not the actual aspects of women's sports. Let's, let's put that out right now. It's it's the handling we, of the league. Yes, like we we've been advocates of women's sports and trying to get somebody to back them to get more exposure to actually show how great of a game it can be, right? And. <laughs> Uh, I can't. This is kind of how the conversation went in our chat, too. It's <laughs> just like so. Barstool and Erica, who is like the the head of Barstool CEO, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So she she is above Dave Portnoy. Let's put it that way. Or, no, sorry, sorry. Step down of Dave Port Dave, Dave yeah, Portnoy, but Dave ba- and then the three basically uh, runs people. everything. Basically runs everything. She, she's like the one of the driving forces, and she was the originator of Barstool. And blah blah blah. blah. Right. Um, she has been getting huge into women's hockey. She has been a hockey fan for for a long time, and and really wanted to, you know, showcase the game. So, yeah, showcase the game and support women's hockey. And uh, lo and behold, the the league goes off on their stupid goddamn rant of, ah, uh, we don't want to be associated with a white supremacist company. It's like, oh god, you just shot yourself in the foot there. Um, and honestly, I, I went off and said, like, they, they clearly don't want to grow the game. They really don't. And then like, they're, they're, they, oh, we're sticking to our values yet. You're aligned with NBC who has had equal amount, if not more issues than Barstool has had. Like, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that. No, necessarily, but, but they've had issues. Yes. They've had issues. Yeah. Yes. So, and, but, oh yeah, we don't want to be associated with one of those companies. You're literally, your, your TV rights are literally with that company. Like just, just your um, <laughs> lesser of the two evils is what happened. Yeah. Yes, and then I, I found it interesting that the the, uh, the main woman who spoke up was Soraya Tinker, and now her team surprisingly backed out of the tournament too. Is it really Dude, from COVID? COVID protocol? Is it really COVID protocols? Mm. Or was it? I mean, it, or, it might or, still be COVID protocol. Could but. be, but but to me, it's it's suspicious that two days later, after all this comes out, oh yeah, by the way, we're out of the tournament. Bye. So, I, I found that interesting that, that it worked out that way. But basically, what my tire fire is is the shit show that is the NWHL. Uh, basically, they the, their what, president of the NWHL put out a statement saying that they don't want anything to do with Barstool. They never want to do anything to do anything with Barstool. They don't condone what they do and that uh, any attempt to help out the league or buy a team will be immediately rejected. And to me, this is just 
completely stupid because Barstool is probably one of the only companies right now that has actually said, hey, we're interested in backing you and, and we want to show off this game. And we've been saying for for months and months that that's what, they, that's what women's hockey and women's sports need is they need a big company like Barstool, whether you agree with them or not, to back you and get you out there and get you get more people like there's the amount of people that have have said on twitter that they didn't know anything about the nwhl until barstool introduced them to it is astounding and now everybody's ripping them is it though well it it is because it's like one of those like now now that now the nwhl all the publicity they're getting is negative publicity and it's not good for the game because now it's like, and this isn't the first time that they've gone on a stretch with just negative publicity. Let's not forget yeah. the NWHL is missing some of the greatest hockey players that the world has for women's mm-hmm. sports because they weren't willing to pay the, the athletes the right way. Yeah. There's, there's a whole lot of issues with the NWHL. And personally, I don't think the NWHL is the answer for women's hockey. I truly think that there is a way to make a league similar to the NHL for women's hockey, where the top players are getting paid what they deserve. I don't know if it's the NWHL. And I'm not ripping women's hockey. I love watching women's hockey. I actually think it's a lot smarter than the men's game because they're not going 100,000 miles an hour trying to kill each other. Mm -hmm. They're actually playing the game. I am so disappointed with how the NWHL has handled so many things because there is some very good players and some great talent in the league outside of the ones that are sitting out and are are with the uh, Professional Women's Hockey Association uh, Players Association that aren't playing. They need to find a way to bring those players back if they want to succeed, and I don't know if they're going to do that. So maybe having the money of Barstool backing you potentially could have helped out with some 100% of those contracts. That could have like, like to me, the way the NWHF handled this whole thing was terrible. The statement that they they put out was terrible, and it's one of those they could have easily just let this slide, right? Just say, hey, sorry, we're just not interested. Just not something we're interested. In. We're not and, interested, and, right? You, you could have also yeah. said this. We're not interested right now. Yeah. And, and like you they, could have said that, and it would have been fun. And, and they could have let it slide, but people have to take their stances. It's just how the world works nowadays, that as soon as one little thing comes up on the radar, oh, this is my stance. I'm not moving off of it. It's how it is. It's And I don't like that. Like, there's no compromise in today's world. It's really what it comes down to. And and it that comes down to what the NWHL does, too. They're, they're not willing to compromise. They're not willing to, to work with people and not look at shady pasts. So um, that that's yeah, a long ass rant of a tire fire, but like, I kind of tried to keep it, I guess, PG. Only like you could seven say. minutes, it's fine. But like, it's fine. just one of those, like the NWHL had a chance and they blew it. And, and obviously are people going to listen to me? No, because I'm a man talking about women's sports. It's simple as that. People are going to say, Oh, well, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and, well, you're not. But here's here's the thing, though. They might listen to you only because of this, because you're not actually talking about the sport. No, but you're talking about the handling of the league, yeah. which is a totally different thing outside of the sport. We've ripped yeah. on the NHL many times about how they handle certain things, lockouts and all that. The NHL does not handle lockouts very well. Yeah, let's be honest. We've ripped on that league. This is just another league that we're ripping on. Yeah, and and, and, it, com- and it comes down to they had a chance. They had a chance to. Like Barstool doesn't have a TV network. Is what no, I and this is what but we talked about in our we chat. We talked about it. A Barstool name behind that league leads to a TV network. Yeah. Right. And, and literally everything that like whether it be betting or whatever it may be, there's so many possibilities they had there that could have branched out into new things. You know, and, and just 
now apparently Barstool is potentially looking into getting their own hockey league and just trying to shut down the NWHL, which is just basically flipping it on them and saying, suck you know it. What? But, and you know what? I'm not going to say that it would work, but there's a chance that Barstool could make the league that works. Oh, and But the contracts would be huge. You know the amount of sponsors that league that Barstool runs would have? Right? Teams would have money. That's the biggest thing. They would have money coming in. You know, whether it be they could literally do a women's league where it's has like the jerseys in the Europe, where it's sponsors on everything, and they're making money, and those contracts for the players are making them money. They're yeah. they're getting adequate value for their, for their this life. is not part of the tire fire, by the way. This no. is just us talking. But 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 so the tire fire is the NWHL and the fact that and the way they handled this whole issue with Barstool. Yeah, the way the NWH handled the issue. Yeah. I'll, I'll end it there after my 10 minute rant. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have been more diplomatic for sure. Um, but I mean, if you have a value and they want to stand by the value, great. But what are you doing to grow the game on the other end? Like, that's the thing. Like the worst part was, is that Erica has been one of the biggest proponents of the NWHL for the last like five, six years. Mm -hmm. They've only been around for six years, the league, but she's been a huge proponent of the league. Right. But I think the, the issue comes down to the rest of Barstool. It's like, there's individuals, there are individuals. They attacked her. Pardon? Yeah. But they attacked her. That's what yeah. that's what doesn't make sense. No, and I agree with you on that part. They yeah. attacked her. But what they're doing is they've also looked at other people within Barstools and kind of given everyone a, a grouping. And this is how I it is. That. But the thing is, if if Erica, for example, realizes that Barstools isn't what it should be or there's issues internally, then that needs to be fixed internally. Right. And, I, and right? I get that 100%. And there's, there's no doubt that there's some things that Barstool does that leagues don't want to necessarily there's a lot of networks like spitting chiclets yeah. sometimes does stuff that you don't want them to do or or you have nbc with mike milbury being an idiot you know like you have different people within the organization just how do you separate that and right. you know it's well, just my, my biggest issue was that they attacked erica directly they weren't mm. necessarily attacking the the barstool network out 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 of the gate they attacked her directly and it's just like come on like really she's been one of the biggest people to support your league and you go at her like come on well, my, my, my biggest thing is if you're going to say you don't align with people that don't go with your values how are you still with nbc that's my that's my biggest thing right now that's if you are going to say this to barstool say we don't uh, we don't we don't agree with your values we don't agree with what you do then you cannot be aligned with nbc well, the because, difference because is you're NBC's putting them on TV, though. That's the thing. Well, but, but that's not your values, but, then. But that, well, that's not. Then you. I don't then, know. No, no but they're fine. Like we're just we're just saying. Like in. It's, no, I know what you're saying. Like, like if if they are sticking to their values, yeah. Then then they have to find a TV network that goes with their values. Yes, but but to me to, to me they're well that's the whole thing. But to me <laughs> to me they're to me they're copying out of their values just because they got a TV deal, mm. which which to me goes against everything that they're trying to do right now. And they're trying to say that, you know, it's women's hockey. We want to empower it. We want to grow it. We want to do this. You're not doing that. You're, you're not like, I, I understand. Like they I, were I, trying to offer them a TV deal. Either. No, they were just trying was, to offer them support to get yeah. more. And, and it's one of those, do you think the NHL agrees with every company that's backs no. the NHL? Not a chance. No. Do you think any professional sports has every single person that gives them money? Do you think they agree with all their values? No. Hold on. There's, a whole, there's they... a whole conversation going on in European soccer about betting places being sponsors yeah. on jerseys. But that's why they grow because they're willing to take that money and take the PR hits that they're not, that they get. They aren't going to kill them. If, if the NWHL took Barstool, the amount of possibilities for sponsorships, teams, 
maybe even growing other teams in other areas, right? You look at what you look at what Barstool is doing right now with the small businesses and how they've raised like over thirty million dollars for small businesses. I'm not trying to back Barstool by any means, but I'm saying those type of initiatives, right? Yeah. That Barstool is willing to do. Yes, they have the bad PR with pe- things people have said. Early Some Barstool shows, as yeah. Well. Well, even then, but like early, pretty much all, like not all of it, but a good majority of the bad PR is all from early Barstools before yeah. they kind of became a big thing. That right? is true. Right? All these Dave Portnoy interviews when he was like young, starting the business and like making very controversial topics. But that's the reason why Barstool got started because he made those controversial topics and people wanted to listen to what he had to say. Mm. Right. So, so a lot of the stuff is the NWHL had a great opportunity to to not necessarily maybe they just didn't align with barstool maybe they just aligned with erica herself right and the backing of erica was from barstool but there, there's just there was a huge opportunity and it was it was missed let's put it that way hmm. okay yeah i and i think i'm i'm on the same side as kyle honestly and i'm sure me and ryan are going to talk about this on our show this week as well so mm-hmm. expect, expect more from the 20 minutes on ice conversation yeah continue it over there yeah maybe we'll pull kyle on <laughs> just for that and just let just, him go off more just play his clip when you're in that show yeah, exactly <laughs> um well after that Irfan, you're going next um so this has been going on since the summer um and i'm going to talk about it with my guest uh, on my next episode but hey, look, i want another to... plug oh hey why not um but i call it the drama of utah relocating so um over the last couple of months um Utah drama. Oh, uh, Deloy Henson and Chief Business Officer Andy Carroll created a uh, workplace that's toxic and a culture that's toxic, full of racism and sexist behavior, uh, which ended up forcing Henson into the sale of uh, a few of the teams that he owns itself, uh, namely, you know, RSL as well as um, the Utah Royals. So now the Utah Royals are going to head back into KC. So my biggest tire fire is. Um, I guess just the drama out of Utah is like, could they not find uh, an owner willing to back them up and keep it in, in Utah? Um, it's kind of hard following up the whole rant that we just had with my fire <laughs> fire, but, but I'm like, Oh man, that was deflated. But no, um, next time I'll start. If I have this. <laughs> um, well, but this, the, the whole, the whole conversation is uh, KC wanted a team. Like they wanted a team. They did. And they wanted and... a team and then a team that uh, won back-to-back championships in the NWSL. So yeah. um, good for KC for getting it, but poor on Utah, because I mean, you look at the fan following and the ability of all their fans that are willing to travel to come and watch their team play. Yeah. And as well as real Salt Lake being as dominant as they were a few years back, it's just, that fan base has is disappointing for them. So uh, the Utah relocation is is bad for the fan base. Question for your fun, and this is What's more up? just not necessarily related to the tire fire, but I'm going to ask a question anyway. Do you think Utah gets a team back in the NWSL in the next uh, ten years? I think so. I think eventually there'll be uh, someone who is on the minority owner of the Utah Royals, or someone who, or uh, you know what, they might do a fan run team the way the Packers sort of had their their setup. So I mean. Don't be surprised. There's a huge following up in Utah for for soccer, which is surprising because you know there's not many many teams aside from the Jazz that really do well out there. So um, that's really good for us uh, for the sport itself. So yes, in the next ten years, I do see a team coming in, and it will be like an, an expansion thing and not a relocation thing. I hope. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully that works out because they do they do have a good fan base. You mentioned it. Well, yeah, they had the out. second most attendance behind the uh, Portland Thorns before COVID. So, and the Thorns will always have the most attendance just because that that fan base in Portland is ridiculous for soccer, yeah. Yeah. and it's underrated, and they deserve so much credit. And you just watch some of the Timber games. Holy crap, man! They are they are rowdy. They're electric. Yeah, they are rowdy. All right, I guess it's my turn, and mine is probably not going to get as much buzz as Kyle's, but you know what? Hey, I'm going to say it anyway. That Kevin Fiala hit this week on – it's uh, – what's the guy's first name? I know it's Wall, but – Matthew. Or Matthew Matthew Wall or Roy? Roy. Roy? Roy, yeah, he's not French. It's not Matthew? Nope. Regardless, that it's, hit it's, was – It's not even Matthew, it's Matt. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That hit was disgusting. Like you that that needs to be taken out of the game immediately. And I know the league is trying to take steps to get rid of those kind of hits. Fiala knew right away. If you watch the replay, he knew right away he did something wrong and he was right on the guy making sure he was okay. But that is unacceptable. You cannot be doing that. I don't care what level of hockey you're playing i don't care what your skill level that is a no-go and if you do that ever you should be suspended he got three games i could have seen five well he he got three games and he's probably going to die the next time that those two teams play and they will play because it's all interdivisional game (laughs) he's gonna have to fight yeah what what i'm saying is i think i could have easily seen five games for that hit like it was, 100%. it was dirty. It 100%. was not good. I wouldn't necessarily. I know he, Fial is a first-time offender. I don't think he's done anything bad like that before. But those are the kind of hits you got to get out of a game. So that's why it is my tire fire of the week. Let's let's wrap this one up, boys. Let's let's get this out of the way. Uh, Kyle, do you have a long final thought? Should we start with Irfan or start with Irfan? I'll, I'll go last. I'll wrap it up. All right, Irfan, what's your final thought for the weekend? I'll keep it short. Super Bowl weekend next weekend, so it's going to be great. Um, Please watch. Please enjoy. Let us know how you feel about the games. And obviously, there's a couple of big NHL games, soccer games, basketball games. So keep watching sports, guys. That's my final thought. Trying to keep it short. You did did a good job, Irfan. I'm proud of you. Um, big EPL weekend this weekend, some great top matchups. That's my final thought. Make sure you watch because they're going to be entertaining. Yeah, not, not, not great for betting this, but it was not great for betting. Cause it's going to be very hard to figure out who's going to win, but it's going to be entertaining games at least. Mm. Well, so no. don't Ever- bet, don't mm. bet EPL this weekend. Everton, Everton this morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say they were all going to be perfect, but there's going to be entertaining games. Uh, all right, Kyle, end us off here, my friend. Um, well, we were going to mention it, but obviously I went on a rant earlier. Um, Cardinals trading for Nolan Arenado. Um, we were going to mention that in the show, but uh, yeah, we kind of ran out of time because I, I went on too big of a rant there. But um, that's huge for the Cardinals because now, you know, you got your cornerstones, you got Goldschmidt at first and Arenado at third. Um, brings that Cardinals back into relevancy in that division too. So... Hold, hold relevancy they were second sorry contention sorry they were they were second in the division last year that's fine but i'm saying that whole division is better though yes like the cubs the cubs are worse but pittsburgh's young 
Pittsburgh's going to be up and coming. Um, and then the other Cincinnati, obviously with potentially losing Trevor Bauer or going to lose Trevor Bauer. It, it basically means St. Louis is the front runner right now for that division. And, and I think it, they really have wanted a world series in St. Louis for, for a little while now. They obviously won one earlier in, in the two thousands, but um, they, they haven't been really, yeah. Well, ever since Puyo kind of left, they haven't really had mm, superstars. Like David Freeze left, uh, Puyo's left. So, I mean, it really changed them. Yeah. Gives them a superstar. Yeah. And, and to me, the MLB as a whole right now with all these signings and trades and stuff like that has become more competitive with a mu- bunch more teams. And I, I like that because I don't like having two powerhouse teams in the MLB and just wanting the, wanting the Yankees-Dodgers final every year. No. I, I, I like I like the way it's trending, and I'm interested for the MLB season to start too. Except Tampa, because they seem to be going backwards. Hey, but they have what eight of the top hundred prospects? So hey, at least they know how to pick up prospects. Yeah, not... they've always known how to do that. <laughs> that's the problem. They trade them away after a year of success. Yeah, that's what T- it is. Tampa's going backwards, but they'll still find a way to end up being second or third in that division. They'll be third, but that's because I I think the division is not good out of the top three after the top three. Well, Jays. I don't know if they'll be second yet. They still need a pitcher. That's my biggest thing. But I still think overall, I think the Jays are better than the Rays, though. That's why I think they might finish second. That's why I'm saying. We'll see. Mm. Um, but the the Aaron Auto trade could be interesting because let's not forget that they had the Cardinals had Matt Carpenter playing third last year and mm-hmm. is still scheduled to play third. Where does he go? Well, he's a utility man. He can he's play a, any he's part a of free the free agent, isn't he? No, he's signed. Is he? Yeah. Well, he can play second. He can play short. Um, yeah, he, he becomes your super utility guy. Yeah. And, and honestly, only but like right now they also have they have the young and Edmund at second and short. That's what I'm saying. He's not in the lineup. I'm saying he's, no, he's not in the lineup, guy. right? Yeah. And he, he honestly, after last year, doesn't deserve to be in the lineup. He hit like 163 last year. Fair. So um, he hasn't been he hasn't been good for the last couple of years. I'm pretty sure. So um, like last, good defensively, just can't hit. Yeah, like to be honest, 2018, I guess, was his last good year where he had 36 home runs and 257. But ever since then, he was 226, 2019, and 186 last year. So, yeah, like to, to me, he becomes your hey, we need a bench bat, or hey, we need a guy to go to play in the second, short, third, whatever. Because he's he also a lefty, positions. which helps. Yeah. So, to me, that that's where he goes. And um, the biggest thing for the Cardinals is based on what potentially they're giving up, which is nothing. Um, they still have like their top pieces. So Carlson's still there and all that kind of stuff. So they st- haven't taken O'Neal as well. Yet. Don't forget O'Neal. Yeah. But so. And they're going to sign Yachty. Yes. Yes. So to me, to me, St. Louis is still in contention. So it's, uh, or not in contention, but now is, is ahead of the contention, I guess, so you could say. And um, interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. It, it will be interesting for sure. Um, Again, the fact that they are pretty much giving up nothing. Like, I was talking to you, Kyle. I'm like, I know one of the possible prospects. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know any of the other possible prospects. And I'm pretty good with prospects. I don't know any of them. Well, the, the, the biggest thing cool. the biggest thing is Arenado has now – the reason why – sorry, this – I said it was going to fucking quick. No, you didn't. You said it was going to be the longest of the three. Um, it is. <laughs> essentially, what happened is Arenado has now added a second opt-out to his contract. And well, another year. Trade, yep. He he now has an opt-out in 2021 and 2022. And an so, extra year. 
yes, but that doesn't really matter because he's going to opt out at least after the second year, anyways. I'm just saying um, he has another year. They added another yeah. year to his contract. So, so basically, that's why they're not giving up anything because the Cardinals have no assurance that Arenado is going to stay past this year. Yeah, so that's why that's why the prospects going back are not huge headliners because they don't know if he's going to be there past this year. So it's like basically a rental piece, essentially what they're trading for. Yeah, but it's a, so. It's he's one of the top three players in the league, in my opinion. Well, but the biggest problem is his contract. No, nobody's going to take that contract and give up a top top prospect. It just wasn't happening. I guess. Yeah, and I mean the the Rockies also sent what fifty million to cover the contract yeah, as well at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It'll so be, it'll at be... the end, we're going to be like, well, he's going to stay with the Cards, and then the Rockies got fleeced because they they just needed to get rid of that contract. Yo, if he stays with the cards, the Rockies are just like, the fuck? <laughs> like, how could they not get back a, at least a bench player or a roster player just so they can fill that hole? Or a top 10 prospect? Yeah, or something like that. for Because yeah, they didn't arguably. even get one of the top 10 prospects. They, got, from they, the got, they didn't even get a top 15. They, they got no, they got the 11. Fifth, they got the 15th prospect. No, 11. Gomer. No, they, they readjusted. It's 15, it's 15, 19, 24, and 25 is what they got. Well, I, I mean, thought the package hasn't been confirmed yet either. But Well. It's not, I guess it's not. I mean, if you're going to get a perennial but... star, you got to get a top 10, no? Or top five? Yeah. Uh, 100%. Regardless. It, it's it's an interesting move. And it, it you're right, Kyle. It will solidify the Cardinals as being probably the favorites in that division. Mm-hmm. And possibly the NL. Like, they, they will compete in the NL. Maybe not the favorites, but they will compete in the NL with the Dodgers and the Padres and Mets. the Mets. Well, hold on. We have to see how the Mets play. Oh, sorry, Braves, too. I guess it goes to <laughs> The Mets still might not be good. Let's let's just make that clear. Because it's the Mets. No matter how many good players they bring in, they still might not be good. Potentially. So, we'll see. Um, that'll do it. Make sure you check out all our other shows on the network. But if you're looking for us, follow us on Twitter, at Garage Door Sport. On Instagram, at Garage Door Sports. If you're looking for Kyle specifically, follow him at Kyle Vardy on both. Irfan is at Irfan Manji. And I am at Nick McVicker. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.